Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. As always, we are joined by Jovan Buha, our Lakers writer for the Athletic. This show is produced by Dave Dufour. The bearded man is the best in the biz. But we're going to talk to Jovan today because we need to talk about the cringe fest that is happening with the Lakers and Russell Westbrook. It is endlessly bizarre, entertaining, fascinating, and painful whenever something is surrounding Russ. And the obvious thing that triggered you to write this really fascinating story on The Athletic last week was him and his agent, Tad Fouché, splitting. And Fouché going to ESPN and just putting all the, as you put, a complete tea spillage out there publicly. So I just want to know, what was your reaction when you saw this article come out and you're reading through it and you're just like, he said that? He said this? He put that out there? Yeah, so I, I was actually uh, on a on a bachelor party when the news dropped, so I, I was not in the best state of mind. But um, if if you want the real, uh, if you want my real reaction, but uh, you know, I, I quickly checked in with a, a couple people, and um, e- even talking about it with, with my friends there who are not in the business and are, are just Laker fans and or, or not Laker fans, and, and just kind of seeing everyone's reaction, like everyone unanimously was like, what is this? Like what just happened? And I think the, the, you know, for some additional context here, like Thad is one of the most private agents, one of the most private power agents in the league. And, you know, we know agents and and there are certain agents that they're going to sit courtside. They're going to be front and center at their players events. They're going to just command attention, you know, do interviews, and and we know who kind of those power agents who are, who are more public. Uh, Thad is completely behind the scenes, and th- and that is how you know that is part of the reason why he and Russ get along so well because Russ obviously is not the most friendly person with the media and, and doesn't do a lot of interviews. Really? So <laughs> so uh, you know with, with Thad with him coming out and and dropping a statement like that, and from talking to people around the organization. Uh, I know they were surprised and shocked with the nature that this happened, but also even talking with uh, veteran, you know, NBA journalists and, and reporters of, have you ever, you know, uh, you know, talking to DA, have you ever seen anything like this in the years that you've been covering uh, the NBA? And the the answer was no. Like agents, if if agents and players split, it, it does not come out in a public manner like this. And, and again, the, the tea spillage of him not just, you know, basically going paragraph by paragraph of this is why we broke up. This is, you know, what we used to be. This is why we're breaking <laughs> up. And, and really the, the subtext there was 
Russ does not have the self-awareness to acknowledge that he is on the back nine of his career. He has declined across the board and nobody wants him right now. And to, you know, for the Lakers to flip him, they need to attach at least one asset in terms of a pick, if not more. And Russ is, is not really acknowledging that. And it's kind of the elephant in the room. And it was the elephant in the room at Summer League uh, with, with that whole interaction with, or non-interaction rather with, with him and LeBron. And it's just it, it's become incredibly awkward. And I just thought it was really telling that this private agent who doesn't really do interviews is rarely on the record with anything came out with such a public statement to get ahead of this narrative and really kind of set the tone of almost trying to go at Russ of, of saying like, hey, if you're not going to listen to me privately, I'm going to come at you publicly and try to get through to you. You need to accept what the Lakers are offering you, you know, whether that's coming off the bench, whether that's just a, a much smaller role, uh, and you need to try harder defensively. Like you need to accept what Darvin Ham is offering you because if you don't and you get flipped again, your career is really going to take a hit in the second half uh, of just looking at going team by team. It would be five teams in five years. So I think, yeah, it was it was incredible because you just don't see that from an agent. So you you see this as, I guess, to a degree, him actually trying to help Russ and deliver that message to Russ rather than just damage control to protect his own reputation? I, th I think it was both. I think for sure that there was an element of damage control of, you know, it comes out, you part ways with a player you've been with for 14 years, it's not going to look great for you. So, you know, I, I, as we know, sometimes the first story sets the narrative and Thad came out and set the narrative. Uh, so I, I think he, he definitely got in front of that. And knowing Russ, he may never address this. Uh, you know, we're going to ask him about it the next availability we get with him, which will probably be training camp, but he's probably not going to say anything. So I think we'll, for, for a while, we'll probably only have Thad's side, and, and there are two sides to every story. But um, I think part of it was damage control, but it, it seemed, at least the way he framed it, was part of it was like, this is what I've been telling Russ behind the scenes. I'm now going to say it publicly. Like, you need to accept the Lakers' idea for your role next season. That is your best path forward for you to get another contract in the NBA. Because if you flame out here and go to another team, you're probably going to get bought out and you might not even get signed right now with the with the way your perception is around the league. So I think, I would say most of the motive was damage control, but but I think there was an element there of, you know, these guys were, were one of the closer player-agent relationships in the league. Like that had been everything I'd heard. Um, you know, Thad was representing... Uh, SGA, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, when, when I was covering the Clippers. And, uh, you know, that what I was hearing around the time was like, that's Russ's guy. Like, they're super close. Like, they're one of the closer, you know, pairings in the league. And they've been together all of Russ's career. So I also, I think some of it was just anytime there's a breakup of, of that magnitude for, for that long, there's going to be some hard feelings. Uh, but I also think on some level, those two guys care about each other. Uh, you know, to, to have been in a partnership for that long. So I do think, I think there were, there were some, you know, good intentions behind it, but, but of course, I, I think the main thing was just him getting his side of the story out first. And, and that's really going to set the narrative. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a, mm, 
real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. So everybody, I feel like, reacts to this Russell Westbrook news through the lens of that. People in the public don't like Russ because Russ is cantankerous and doesn't like people in the public. But obviously, the relationship is different with for him behind closed doors. So how have you sensed the actual feelings towards Russ, both within the organization, people around him, things of that nature, in light of everything that's going on, and in light of that uh, pretty hilarious situation at Summer League? Yeah, well, I mean, like all the attention and focus for the last however many weeks has been, what are the Lakers going to do with Russ? Are they going to trade him? What can they trade him for? Where where can he go? And for Russ to show up to Summer League and sit right next to the team, like he was right, he was basically on the bench. And he's, you know, going in huddles and, and stepping in and giving guys advice. It was just... A hilarious sight. And then uh, on the opposite end of the floor, you have LeBron James, who kind of like the godfather is just sitting and, and standing up and everybody's coming to him. Rob Polinka, Darvin Ham, Kurt Rambis, all the Laker players in attendance. Uh, and the one guy who does not come in and kiss the proverbial ring is Russell Westbrook. And LeBron doesn't go out of his way to, you know, sometimes even guys can stick their hand up and kind of do one of those finger points. <laughs> and it's like at least acknowledging each other. And it was just such a contrast to the year before where they uh, last summer league, you know, it was, it was a couple weeks after the rust trade and they come and arrive to the game together and sit courtside together and are chopping it up and, and hanging out and having a blast and laughing on the sideline. And it's like, that was, you know, that image compared to this summer league was just such a contrast and, and such to, to me kind of a, a display of, of how the relationship has soured. And, I think you even saw it being around the team like earlier in the season, they, they would interact a lot more in front of the media and really towards the end of the season, it was just kind of, you know, one guy would be leaving the interview, one guy would be walking in and it would just kind of be like a head nod or, or you know, a little like fist bump, but not to the extent that it was earlier in the season. So, I mean, I think the, the thing I've heard with, with Russ is, you know, Russ, Russ is not a bad guy. You know, Russ is... He helps a lot in, in the L.A. community. You know, he, he's an L.A. native. Uh, like, by all accounts, he's he's a good person and he's a nice guy. But I do think when it comes to his limitations and, and viewing his game and, and having that self-awareness and, and self-critical eye, he does not have that. And and one thing uh, I, I've been sharing recently, like I've heard with, with film uh, sessions from last season, like 
he would, you know, Frank Vogel would have a clip of like, Russ, this was your rotation. You needed to make this rotation. And Russ just, you know, wouldn't, he would fight back or he'd get defensive or he would just dismiss it. And like, he just is not receptive to criticism. And I think on one hand, that is what's made him so great. Like he's, he's kind of had tunnel vision and, and played a certain way for so long and been so great at it that, you know, Russ has always been Russ. You, you can always say that. But the downside is once you're not as athletic, once you can't finish as well, once you can't shoot as well, you're seeing the, this really flawed player where his flaws are magnified and his strengths are no longer as strong as they once were. So I think by all accounts, I don't think anybody dislikes Russ, but I think he's just, he could just be very stubborn and, and very difficult to deal with. And I think you're seeing that play out right now. So, so what does he want out of his career at this point? I know that's obviously a pretty impossible question to answer, but it's not clear to me if he like because he's at the age where he has to start looking at I don't like ring chasing as a term but like you know looking at sacrificing role to be able to get that championship finally but it doesn't seem like that's something he's interested in at this point because he thinks he's still good enough to be a star on a team but could you do you think he would rather sacrifice to be part of a winning team or go to like a team like Indiana or New York or Utah that's kind of in the blowing it up process and obviously would be taking making basically a tanking move and taking him on even if they didn't even buy him out. So th this is pure speculation, and I want to be clear with that for the aggregators because I, I know they will be coming. Uh, with Russ, I, I would say, I, I think, you know, uh, and uh, I know, I think we're going to talk about his, his exit interview at some point. Like, he mentioned... He, the one critical thing he said about his season was that he's like, I didn't average a triple double, so it wasn't a good year for me. And and that to me was the most telling line of like, if your measure of success is you not averaging a triple double and not the fact that your team won 33 games or the fact that when LeBron or AD were out, at least one of them and Russ played, they were 20 and 32. And Russ was brought in to kind of carry that load of, hey, you know, 80s kind of injury prone. LeBron is aging and has been dealing with some injuries. We want Russ to be that guy who, yes, on, on nights everyone's healthy, he's the third guy. But if LeBron or AD is out, you're the second guy or even some nights you might be the first guy. And you need to carry that offensive load and, and you know, do what you did in Washington, do what you did in OKC, help a middling supporting cast win games and stay competitive. And he couldn't do that. Again, 20 and 32 when one of LeBron or AD was out. And like, and so for him to say, I didn't average a triple double, like that just shows that that's what he cares about. We, we kind of know that. Like, he, it's, it's not really, you know, that, that's not, that's not speculation. Like, Russ has been very clear. He cares about his averages. He cares. He, it's a point of pride for him, averaging triple doubles. He's done it multiple times. And so I think, I think Russ would, would love the Washington situation again. Like, put him on a, you know, Eastern Conference seven seed, let him average a triple-double, be the co-star with, with another guy, and, you know, kind of get that validation of you're still an all-star, you're still an all-NBA candidate. But for him, I mean, even throughout the season, like, he was not that bothered by them losing games. It, you know, at least that was the, the vibe I got. Like, when we would talk to him afterward, he was more upset when he had a bad game. If he had seven turnovers, if he had nine turnovers, if he didn't shoot the ball well, that's when he was more upset with us. But if they just lost the game and he had a good game, he would kind of just brush it off. And, and you know, there's several times we asked him about frustration and, and whatnot, and he'd be like, 
I'm just going to go home to my family or, you know, I, I'm and, and like reference stuff about his, his fa- like, and that's fine. Everyone can have whatever, you know, motivation or, or interest that they want. But to c- contrast that with LeBron, who's, who's going on the shop saying like it bothers him when certain guys don't want to win as bad as him, like reading between the lines there, I, I think that was a, a reference to Russ and, you know, Russ, LeBron would be fuming after every loss when he would speak with us. And that was not the same energy that Russ had. So I think honestly for, for him at this point, until he realizes where he's at in his career, I think he'd prefer to be in a situation where he makes the playoffs, doesn't matter how far they go, and he puts up his triple doubles. Well, all right, I need I need a couple napkins. There's just too much tea being spilt all over the place here. <laughs> you know, the, I, I put my elbow on the table. Now it's soaked. I mean, it's just it's just a mess here in Lakerland, and uh, that's why Yovan is. is here to help us sift through it. He is also a father that goes home to his family and uses that as an excuse every time he has a bad day at work because <laughs> that's what we do apparently. I, I I just I always love it when people are like, "I'm a father. I'm a I am an adult." You know, stuff like that when they get criticized. Like, yeah, that's part of being an adult is you get criticized for stuff when you're making a lot of money but uh Jovan will be here to do all the criticism and take all of your angry tweets in stride because that's what covering the lakers is and thank you very much for joining us anything coming down the pike that you're excited about you want to talk about now well uh th- this week I'm, I'm getting into the the depth chart and rotation and it, it's an it's an arduous task i said exciting have. not horrifying <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to project, but uh, I've had a couple recent features on Austin Reeves and Lakers second round pick Max Christie, so check those out on The Athletic if you've not. Yeah, I mean, America can't get enough Max Reeves talk, that's for sure. So, <laughs> or, did I say Max Reeves? Austin Reeves. I, I, we'll combine them into one guy. All right, that's Yovan Buha. Thank you to Dave Dufour for making us sound good. I'm Jared Weiss. This is The Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show.